The Chicago Blackhawks picked up their third consecutive victory on Friday night, besting the lowly Arizona Coyotes 2-1 at the United Center. I'll go over a full recap of the contest. I'll also talk about the latest injury updates pertaining to a couple of different players, and then I'll wrap things up with Mailbag Monday, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, November 15th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you want to check out the video version of this in the future, I've already got a couple of episodes out from last week. I'm going to have some more later on this week as well. Please definitely go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page. I just got up and running last week, as I said. So please, if you could, it'll only take two seconds. Go and show some support. I would greatly appreciate it, everyone. You can go and like the videos that I've posted so far, and you can also go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the show today and for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here. Over the weekend, only one game of action for the Chicago Blackhawks, taking on the last place Arizona Coyotes on Friday night at the United Center. And while, once again, it was definitely not the prettiest of performances, the Blackhawks still managed to come out on the right side of the final outcome. 2-1 to one on Friday night over the Coyotes. That makes it three wins in a row, folks. Also bumping their record up to 4-9-2 and two on the season. And slowly but surely here, starting to creep up the standings a little bit in the Western Conference. And before I get into a recap of the game on Friday night, I first want to talk about the lineup decisions real quick by head coach Derek King. So, as expected, Marc-Andre Fleury was back in net for the second consecutive game, which I thought was the correct choice here, giving him a, a good opportunity to pick up back-to-back wins as a member of the Blackhawks for the first time. And with another strong showing by Flower, he was able to do just that. And honestly, I think he'll probably be in there on Wednesday once again for the third consecutive game when the Hawks take on the Seattle Kraken for the first time in franchise history. That's a conversation for later on in the week, though. But Flower was back in net on Friday night. As for the rest of the lineup, starting with the defense, uh, interestingly enough, ahead of Friday's game, Wyatt Kalanuck was not recalled from the Rockford Icehogs, meaning that they rolled with the six active defensemen on their roster at the moment, a.k.a. Eric Gustafson, was in the lineup once again. Even though, um, I will say, he did have one of his better efforts against the Coyotes, I still just can't imagine 
that he'll, he'll be around for, for very much longer with Kalanuk on the horizon, as well as Caleb Jones starting to get closer to returning to the team as well. Caleb, by the way, was um, a full participant in practice during Saturday morning, and he also took part in the morning skate ahead of the game on Friday night as well. So he's clearly getting pretty darn close to coming back. And King on Saturday in his post, post-practice post presser, that's a tongue twister, um, he said that he's not exactly sure when Caleb is going to be ready, but he added that if there's even a chance that he could come back during the upcoming road trip, then he's definitely going to want him to come along and join the team because he thinks he can be an immediate help to the defense. That basically tells you all you need to know about how the Hawks view Caleb Jones right now. It sounds like he's going to be an immediate addition to the lineup over Eric Gustafson. And if that is true, then the real question for the defense is whether or not they want to keep Gustafson in the seventh defenseman role for the time being and keep Kalanuk down in Rockford, which, I mean, if you think about it, that does make sense as well if they want to give him um, some more consistent ice time every night they're able to do so in the NHL or if they're just gonna kind of say screw it and and call Kalanuk up to the NHL level even if it means potentially being the seventh defenseman once Caleb Jones comes back as well that's going to be an interesting scenario here in the next week or two for the Chicago Blackhawks in the forward group on Friday moving on uh, versus Arizona the only real surprise decision, in my opinion, was Adam Gaudette getting healthy scratched over Henrik Borgstrom on the third line. Borgstrom was the one that skated with Dylan Strom and Philip Kurashev on Friday. Plus, Reese Johnson getting a crack in the lineup over Gaudette as well. Um, I just keep feeling like Gaudette isn't getting the chances that he needs to really show what he's made of. And something I want to remind all the fans out there, let's not forget... Adam Gaudette, this was a guy that a lot of beat writers and and a lot of people around the team that I talked to felt like he had a real chance of being this season's breakout player. Like, a a lot of people thought he was going to have a big year, especially after throwing on some pounds, um, finally figuring out his diet and everything with that stomach issue he was having having in the past. A lot of people thought this was going to be a big year from Adam Gaudette, but so far, through 15 games, Gaudette's only played in eight of them, and even when he is playing, he's averaging just over 10 minutes of ice time per night, and I found this kind of interesting when I was doing uh, when I was doing research on Gaudette last night that the one time in his last five games where he's gotten over uh, 11, a, 11 and a half minutes of ice time, he wound up scoring his only goal of the year, so uh, I just think he's someone that has a lot more offensive, a lot more of an offensive skill set than we've utilized so far. Kind of like Dylan Strom 2.0. He's just not getting the game action that he should, and even when he does, the Hawks I think rarely have used him in the correct role. I still don't know why Ryan Carpenter was getting time in the bumper role on the on the top power play unit over Adam Gaudet. That just makes no sense to me at all. And I do get that Derek King's still kind of feeling things out. Um, I just, I feel like Gaudet's got to be in there. But at, at the same time, I wanted to emphasize here that I think Henrik Borgstrom, Borgstrom is someone that should be in the lineup as well with all the offensive struggles that the Hawks have gone through. Um, 
I don't think, you know, Borgstrom over Gaudette is necessarily the problem. Looking around the rest of the forward group, let's face it here, um, Mike Hardman has no goals and one assist through 10 games. He's not producing much right now. I know the Hawks like his two-way game, but even the defensive metrics haven't been all that solid for Hardman so far. Uh, Philip Kurashev is another guy who's, yeah, he's got three assists, but he's still without a goal this season. Um, I, I think... He could be due for a healthy scratch as a little bit of a wake-up call potentially in the future. And even Reese Johnson, um, I know he takes uh, a huge beating on Twitter. Um, I will I will give him credit, though. He, he finished with 11 hits on Friday against the uh, Arizona Coyotes, and he always seems to be bringing the physicality. That part I, I love about Reese Johnson. But to have him, Jujar Kara... Mike Hardman, and even Ryan Carpenter, um, all those guys, you know, aren't really providing this team with all that much offensively right now. Same with Philip Kurashev. And considering that as a team, we've been near the bottom of the league on offense through all of these 15 games, I just think it's really time to start opening things up for a guy like Adam Gaudet right now. But also... One thing I do want to mention, with Tyler Johnson looking to be coming back sometime in the near future as well, things aren't going to get any easier for a guy like Gaudet to crack the lineup. He's really going to have to make the most of the opportunities when he gets them. Johnson, by the way, uh, still is dealing with a little bit of a neck injury right now. King said that the plan is for Johnson to likely join the team for the upcoming road trip, but just may not be ready until the back half when the team travels north of the border into Canada. But once Johnson gets fully healthy, it's it, <laughs> it's going to be even more of a dogfight up front for the Blackhawks than it, already, than it already is. But at the same time, with uh, the offensive struggles that we've seen, you know, I think that could be a little bit of a nice surprise, also considering we've seen so many injuries and absences already here in the first month and a half of the regular season. All right, that takes care of the Blackhawks lineup on Friday and the latest injury updates. Coming up in just a moment, I'll go over a recap of the 2-1 victory over Arizona, and I'll also discuss whether or not this kind of play can keep leading to victories. But first, I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into a recap now of the Blackhawks' 2-1 to win over the Arizona Coyotes on Friday night. First and, for, first and foremost, I gotta say, even though the Hawks did come out on the right end of the uh, final outcome, and yes, Derek King is still undefeated, now 3-0-0 as interim head coach, this was still 
not the most encouraging performance by any stretch of the imagination from the Hawks. I mean, this was a Coyotes team that coming into Friday night, they were 1-11-1. They were last in the league in both goals scored and goals allowed per game. They were second to last in the NHL on both the power play and the penalty kill units. And they were also without Nick Schmaltz, one of their top players, a former first-round pick of the Hawks, as well as Illinois native Ryan Dezingle. Like, this this was damn near about as bad of a hockey team as you can draw up in the NHL. And the Blackhawks still managed to go wire-to-wire with them. And, And I mean, yes, at the end of the day, they got the victory, but more importantly, the way they went about it definitely still doesn't make me feel like this is this is something that they could get away with against a, a much better team and much better competition going forward. And talking of that, look, looking at who Derek King has beaten so far in his three games, I mean, the Nashville Predators, kind of a bubble team. They'll get some good goaltending to maybe help them steal some wins, but at the same time, their roster really um, is not that of a team competing for the Stanley Cup. Then... The Blackhawks defeated a depleted Penguins team that was without Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, basically all of their defense, and head coach Mike Sullivan. The Black, ooh, excuse me, the Blackhawks beat them in a shootout, and now, uh, yeah, the first first win in regulation for Derek King. That's an improvement, but it still came against the lowly Arizona Coyotes in the first period, folks. I mean, oh my, it was a real snoozer and not the type of opening 20 minutes you wanted if you were trying to have a rowdy Friday night. Uh, <laughs> and the Blackhawks, what was kind of weird about it was they actually came out with a decent start and recorded the first four shots on goal of the period. But for whatever reason, after that, Arizona, in, in the final 10 to 15 minutes, honestly, was probably the better of the two teams. And they finished with seven of the final eight shots of the period to take a 7-5 to five lead after 20 minutes. Fortunately, uh, when they did get their chances, Flower was able to keep the Oats off the board, and that kind of gave the Blackhawks an opportunity out of the first emission to kind of get things running and uh, flip the script a little bit. And on a delayed penalty just a couple of minutes in, which, by the way, that was a, a very weird sequence. Coyotes goaltender Scott Wedgwood was super upset with the officials. I guess he thought that um, there should have been a whistle? I I don't know. I honestly didn't see the Coyotes touch the puck. It was just a a super weird situation that actually also ended up going to review, but was eventually deemed to be a good goal, and and what a goal it was. Patrick Kane, I mean, is only Patrick Kane could do with a full head of steam heading coast to coast, danced around a couple of defenders, and then just made a beautiful backhand pass from circle to circle to connect with DeBrinket. The Cat absolutely houses the shot for his eighth goal of the season, also his fourth in the last five games, and that put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing early in the second period. And the rest of the way, the Blackhawks, they to, to give them credit, they did keep their foot on the gas for the most part. They also had a couple of power play chances as well, but just weren't able to capitalize. And I feel like this team's shooting percentage, I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like it has to be bottom five in the NHL right now because they get their looks, but they just can't do anything with them. I mean, wide open nets, they hit posts. I mean, they just can't freaking buy a goal. They had their opportunities to head into the second intermission ahead by two or three and get themselves a little bit more comfortable in the final 20, but we're only able to beat Scott Wedgwood once on that beautiful setup from Kane 
to Debrinket. And also, right before the second period ended, a backbreaker for the Hawks. Dylan Strom takes a real bad high-sticking penalty that not only negated a power play for Chicago, but because it was a double minor, it also gave Arizona a power play of their own to open up the third period. And what do you know? Who else but former Stanley Cup champion with the Blackhawks, Andrew Ladd, coming through on the man advantage to tie the game 1-1 to early on in the third period. I probably should have thrown some money down on that. I could have seen that coming from a mile away. Former Hawks always seem to be killing this team. David Camp earlier in the year. Uh, no surprise, of course, that it was Andrew Ladd, but um, I will say pretty disappointing to see the Hawks' penalty kill allow a dreadful Yotes power play to come up big in, in such a crucial point of the game. The Hawks had the fourth-ranked penalty kill coming into this one, and as I talked about a moment ago, the Coyotes came in with the 31st-ranked power play and penalty kill, but somehow the Blackhawks were getting beat in the special teams department through 45 minutes. However, things always seem to have a way of coming around full circle. It's just a few minutes later on a power play of their own, Patrick Kane once again made just a, a a nifty maneuver in the offensive zone to shake a defender, finds Dylan Strom open in the high slot, and Strom beats Wedgwood with a shot for his first goal of the season. A huge fist pump, and you know that one had to feel good for Stromer. Uh, the same man that gave the Coyotes their power play opportunity early in the third that led to the game getting tied. Strom winds up getting his revenge and, and finding a way to make up for it. That was, a, am sure, a, a, such a feel-good moment for Dylan Strom for his first goal of the season. It wound up being the game-winning goal as well. But all the credit here really deserves to go to Patrick Kane. I mean, this freaking guy absolutely willed the Blackhawks to victory on Friday night. Two unbelievable primary assists that only he could make on both Blackhawks goals. The first one was honestly probably the play of the year so far for the Hawks, and the second was just great instincts, great smarts of shaking by a defender, creating some open space for himself, and then recognizing where the open man was in the high slot, Dylan Strom. And by the way, Seth Jones also picked up the secondary assist on Dylan Strom's goal, which extended his point streak to six games as well. So Seth continues to stay hot from the back end for the Hawks. But that wound up being uh, all the offense that the Hawks needed to pick up another two points at the UC on Friday. Not a whole lot going on uh, down the stretch. Arizona came with... uh, A decently strong push. They did get a six on four, though, in the final two minutes. But the defense, I mean, great job of shutting them down. And I know it came against a a terrible, piss-poor offense that the Coyotes have, but they still managed to shut them down and held them to just 23 shots on goal. That's now two times in three games under Derrick King where the Blackhawks have surrounded 23 shots on goal or less. That's definitely... A step in the right direction, regardless of who they're playing. Uh, And also, I got to give credit to Marc-Andre Fleury for making all the stops that he needed to in this one. Um, Unlike the game earlier in the week against the Penguins, the Blackhawks defense gave him a little bit more help down the third period. He was able to stop all the shots that he needed to. In total, he got 22 of the 23 that he faced to pick up back-to-back victories for the first time as a member of the Blackhawks. 
All right, there's my full recap of the Hawks. Two to one win over Arizona on Friday. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they now have a couple of new flavors as well, like strawberry and grasshopper cookie. They also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and my personal favorite, blueberry muffin, which I still can't believe is a protein bar. They have that and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on Locked On Blackhawks. Now, before I finish things up to start off the week, I still got to get into our Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from at Rafael Manesis on Twitter, a longtime listener from Brazil, which always blows my mind that I have listeners all the way down in South America. Much love, Rafael. Thank you for all the support. Hope I didn't butcher that last name all that bad. But Rafael asked yesterday, a two-parter. In the three games under Derrick King, Seth Jones is by far the leader in shots with 15. Taze has nine. Coincidence? Also, when Tyler Johnson is healthy and Strom is playing on the third line, does the former Tampa Bay center play with Strom or go again to the fourth line? Well, first, I definitely do think that all the star players have just been able to to re- relax a little bit more under King and have been able to focus on their game and, and not worrying about the system and not trying to do too much. I think it's really reflected upon the big-name guys, Kane and, and Debrinkit, Jones, Taze. Um, and, and for Seth, I mean... King's been using him a ton so far, as was Colleton, to be fair, but uh, I think we're just finally starting to get to see that aggressive side of Seth Jones a little bit more in the offensive zone as well as on the power play. I, I am very happy to see Seth finally starting to shoot the puck from the blue line. If we can add that weapon on the man advantage, that is going to do so much for the offense going forward. So Seth just needs to keep shooting from back there. Whether they're going in or not, I'm not going to be upset with seeing him shoot the puck ever. So, uh, with him finally getting more aggressive on top of all the ice time that he's seen recently, I can't say I'm all that surprised to see Seth have 15 shots on goal in the last three games. As for Taze, um, well, yes, he still doesn't have a goal on the season through 15 games now. That definitely isn't ideal. But I do think that If you're watching the Blackhawks, you can tell that Taze is starting to heat up and is starting to head in the right direction. And let's not forget, he's just one month into his return after missing over a year. So I'm sure he's just kind of still getting into the swing of things a little bit. I I feel like it's only a matter of time 
for Taze to find the back of the net. And I know that's made him frustrated. He spoke about it after the game on Friday. And knowing Taser, it's probably something he's he's trying to use as motivation. The one thing I I just hope is that, you know, he, he's not being too hard on himself at the same time and isn't like squeezing his stick to try and get that first goal. Just kind of relax, keep playing the same way because eventually the goals are going to come. And I think the same can be said with Dominic Kubalik as well. Um... Kubalik was denied on two breakaways within a minute of each other on Friday night, and he also hit the post for the second consecutive game as well. And that now makes nine games in a row without a goal for Kubalik. But he's still getting his chances. And just like Taze, I do feel that better days are coming for Kubalik and overall for that second line offensively here in the near future. As for the second half of that question, uh, honestly, that's something I'm really intrigued to see how the Blackhawks are going to handle. I'm really curious to see how they're going to utilize Johnson because obviously heading into the year and throughout the entire preseason, basically, Tyler Johnson was the one that was in between Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane on that top line. That trio, although they didn't really create all that much in their time together, to be fair, no one in the forward group was meshing at that point. So, um, and one thing to consider as well, with Kirby Dock kind of struggling offensively too, as well as at the faceoff dot, I mean, just putting Dabrinkin and Kane in an entirely too many defensive situations, that just makes me think that I, I honestly don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to potentially bump him down and give Johnson that top-line center spot. Although, the only negative part about that is that would likely mean moving Dylan Strom out of the third-line center spot in order to give Kirby Doc um, his his center position. I think, at the end of the day, if it comes down to Kirby or Strom at center, I think the Blackhawks are going to choose their future in Kirby Doc. Um, but, <coughs> excuse me, that also leaves a, a possibility because if... if King wants to keep both Doc and Strom at center. There is the possibility that Johnson rejoins the lineup on the wing as well. And honestly, that could be the most likely scenario with the breakdown of the roster at the moment. Um, I think if they want to see what they got out of their youngsters and what they can do at the future, what they can do in the future, then they should leave Strom and Doc at the center position. That's kind of where I uh, am inclined to lean, but that's a very good question that I'm sure will likely be answered here within the next week once Johnson returns to practice. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from Brody Wilson on Twitter who asked, with Caleb and Kalanuk back soon, do you think our defense gets a bit deeper? I mean, uh, that's definitely the hope, and Caleb was excellent for the Blackhawks throughout the preseason, not only arguably their best defenseman in my opinion, but also one of their better players overall as well. And by the sounds of it uh, from Derek King, I I honestly think that um, Jones has a leg up right now over Kalanuk in terms of kind of the depth chart situation, which I know Kalanuk probably wants to be in the NHL, and I honestly do think he has the talent to have success here already, but Playing a big role down in Rockford wouldn't be the worst thing for him at the same time either. I'm just really interested to see how the Hawks are going to go about that seventh defenseman spot because um, if Jones and Kalanuk, you know, when they're healthy at the same time, you figure that they're going to be bouncing back and forth in the lineup. And if Kalanuk isn't playing each and every night, then 
I'm not so sure the Hawks want him out of Rockford right now. Uh, but at the same time, one thing to consider is rarely has this entire team been healthy so far this year. So who knows? Um, we could also still see Gustafson in that seventh defenseman spot, which honestly, with how they've kind of handled it by not recalling Kalanuck on Friday, I know it was a little early to do so, but it just kind of seems like a good fit for Gustafson. One thing to consider too, though, his Rockford's starting to get a little more crowded on defense with Kalanuck, Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, Alec Regula, Jakob Galvis, Isaac Phillips, Chad Chris. Um, so maybe Kalanuck is going to be on his way, ooh, on his way up to the NHL here in the next couple of days. But either way, I do definitely think it's a, a step in the right direction for the Hawks, rather than being forced to play Eric Gustafson as their sixth defenseman each and every night like they have so far here through 15 games in the regular season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, November 15th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.